Success, we are on. Welcome to the From Mess to Success podcast, a podcast where we discover, explore and unpick people's From Mess to Success stories. I'm your host, Justin, founder of From Mess to Success Coaching, author of You're Fired, You're Hired. And I'm on a mission to share stories from people who have moved from Mess to Success, transforming their lives along the way. And today we are joined by the wonderful Achana Patel, health and nutrition coach, mum to three young children. And Ark is out there in the world doing something I really admire, driving positive lifestyle habits and affecting real change. Arch, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, hi, Justin. I'm really well, thank you. It's really nice to be here with you. And that was a lovely introduction you gave me there. So thank you. Good. Good to see you. So um, when I thought about season one of the podcast and, and who I wanted to talk to and why, you immediately came to mind uh, because health and nutrition, I feel, is like a real hot topic and when I look at your Mr. success story although you know there's no big you know colossal um, uh, remarkable sort of highs and lows I know the power of changing your health changing your relationship with food can have a real transformation um, for for people so um, you know, I'm I'm really glad that we get to get to spend some time together today, and yeah, excited absolutely. on uh, excited to unpick unpick your journey. So, you're a former N- NHS health coach who has recently left uh, the sector and is set up on your own. So we're really getting into that because I think that's a um, I think that's a real um, a real story that I want to sort of sort of listen to and and, and, and unpick, but. To start off, I want to sort of go back to this starting point and this feeling that that you had to move into the sort of health and wellness space. Yeah, so I guess looking back, I've always kind of been somebody who's kind of, there's been an underlying part of me that's liked to help people. So kind of extracurricularly, I've I've kind of, um, you know, volunteered for refugee action, kind of helping people refugees resettle into new communities and I used to volunteer as a as a um, citizens advice bureau telephone advisor kind of thing and then so I feel I've always had this underlying desire to help people Mm. although it wasn't at the forefront Um, and then I I feel like I'm a real people person so I have a real curiosity in people not necessarily you know nosiness as such but I just think listening to people and listening to their stories we can learn a lot from so that's kind of always been an underlying part of of me um and then kind of the nutrition kind of came in um back in 2014 I would say um when I had my first child and I was massively underprepared for motherhood looking back you know whether that was partly my fault you know my own ignorance or maybe also part society's fault you know I don't think people talk enough about kind of the realities of motherhood and the effects it can have on our mental health and, th- and the things that we could be doing to mitigate those things. Um, I mean, however, that's a whole different topic, so I won't go on about it. But um, anyway, I came out of that whole experience really physically weakened, probably mentally not that great. Um, but I just kind of carried on and went back to my busy lifestyle and my drinking and whatever. Um, but it was probably around the six months mark Um when I just was like, I was feeling really rubbish, really weak, really just, I just wanted to do something to help myself. And it was around that same time as well, when I was starting to wean my my child. Yeah. And I found that really fascinating. Like I know a lot of parents kind of dread that, that time and they're like, my God, I've got to feed my baby. I don't know what to do. I, I just found it a really exciting responsibility. And so that those two things, I think, spurred me on to kind of want to learn more about nutrition, you know, healing myself and then feeding my child. So that was the start of me going further into kind of the, the, the more formal nutrition qualification. And I say that because... Um, so I, I feel lucky that I was born, I was brought up in a household where my mom cooked amazing home cooked meals every night. You know, we used to have Indian meals six nights of the week. And then on a, on a Thursday, she'd cook some sort of cuisine from around the world. And so I've, I've always kind of been able to cook and eat and okay, I think, but it was really after the birth of my child and wanting to heal myself that I went and wanted to learn more about what was in foods and things. And so, um, 
that led me then to gain a formal qualification in nutrition and weight management. Um, and it kind of then just seemed like the, the perfect gel for me, that kind of my desire to help people and then mm. my passion for food and eating well and these other lifestyle changes. And kind of that's what then led me to to the, the on the path I am now. <laughs> I think there's a science, isn't there? And there's a there's a formula to this, which is what I'm seeing, which is desire to give back plus passion equals going on a a, a new journey. I think there's a I think I've just had a moment there where I thought about the science, because the more I sort of move into this world and obviously the more I'm I'm talking to people, I just feel, yeah, there's this. There's there, there's a strong desire to give back through what you're saying through being interested in people. Mm. I think inherently you have to be interested in people, and you you probably, you you probably people watch like I do and and stuff. And then you also have this kind of un- underlying passion, which mm. is then generally triggered by a life changing event. Um, for you, it was a positive event in terms of motherhood, but actually. Yeah you know, some of the stigmas associated with with what you were going through. Um, it wasn't a sort of like crash and burn moment. It was more of an enlightening moment, which seems to, seem to have led you towards, okay, what's my starting point? Um, a qualification in 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 weight and, and, and nutrition. So weight and nutrition management. So mm. how, so just for you know to put it in really simple terms, so my yeah. brain can understand this. What's the how do how do those two correlate? I kind of understand it on a intellectual level, but mm. you know, weight and nutrition. Obviously, is it is it as simple as that? You eat the right foods, you lose weight, or is there more to it than that? Is there a science behind all this? Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of, it's a really interesting question. It's kind of a complicated question because the two are very much related. The way I see it is that nutrition is more about thinking about the quality of the food you're eating. You know, what is in this food that is going to nourish my body, that's going to give it the things that it needs to really thrive and for all those organs to work really well. And so it's going to give me that energy that I need to enjoy every day and, um, you know, if we bring that, we, we can talk about the, the vitamins and the minerals and et cetera in, in, in all the different foodstuffs. But I honestly don't think that's necessary for, for, for the everyday person. I just think we all we really need to remember is kind of eating those about those whole foods, you know, those foods that are as close to their natural state as possible and try and, you know, eat a variety of them. And I have seen with my own experience and with clients that if you do that and you, you're moving regularly and you're, you have those tools in your backpack, I suppose, to reduce stress and things because I think health is a holistic um you know you have to take a holistic approach to health I think then you will see weight loss um but then if we're talking kind of more just about weight management in its most basic terms I would say it comes down to that mathematics that calculation you know the calories in calories out yeah you eat more calories than you burn you're going to put on weight you you eat fewer calories than you burn you're going to lose weight um, and so for me, that's kind of the distinction. I think, though, that that bringing food back to calories for me absolutely oversimplifies it. It takes away from the joy that there is in 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 food. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I just kind of like to talk more in terms of nutrition than 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 weight management, really. Um, yeah, it's that quality of food thing, isn't it? Because um, what what I see with weight management is that it kind of, you know, I, I don't know if I've got this right, but mm-hmm. it, there is a sort of basic formula, isn't there, which is you, you know, and, and actually that basic formula is you know, not not eating as much as you're as as you know, you're not eating as much as as you're you're able yes. to burn off, you know, so you're effectively you're controlling those calories. But yeah. it, it seems to have got really complicated and, and muddy or, or is that just me? I don't know. There's there seems to be this simple formula that sometimes people miss. Is is that right? Um, well, I think that's there's just so much different kind of advice out there. And I think certainly when it comes to weight management and, you know, obviously weight management can be weight gain and weight loss. You know, it doesn't have to just be weight loss. Um, but when if we are talking about losing weight, which is what a lot of people want to do, I think it comes 
from a place of restriction or people think it needs to come from a place of restriction, mm. um, you know, cutting out foods and things. And absolutely the health coaching approach and certainly my approach to, to eating is just to add in things, you know, see what you can add in. It's eating more of these kind of foods that are going to be better for your body. Um, and as you start to see the positive benefits of those, you'll gradually crowd out those other foods. So I think, um, yeah, and just with there being so much advice that people just don't know what to do, I think, and kind of clutch at straws in a way, you know, read something in a magazine, see that your next door neighbour has done something. And I think that it might not be practical for you in your lifestyle. And so that, I, that this is why I'm really, really passionate about helping people bring things right down to basics yeah. and to find something that works for them and their lifestyle. Because I think if you just start off on some plan or, you know, without much thought and and that you, you're kind of setting yourself up to fail and um, it doesn't have to be that way. Do you know, there are, there are, yeah. there's a much more simplistic way to kind of achieve goals. Yeah. And I'm sort of seeing a move towards, the word a move away um from the word diet uh, mm. there's a lot of i mm. think there's a lot of, sort of stigma kind of around that word and that it is going back to you know this this what you're saying which is eating these nutritious foods mm. going back to basics keeping it simple is that is yeah. that sort of fair yeah i think absolutely i think um i mean it's 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 interesting isn't it because i know that I am surrounded, I'm in this world where we talk about kind of whole foods and, and that kind of thing. And, and I'm certainly I don't use the word diet because I, I, yeah, I just don't like it. I think, again, when you hear the word diet, it kind of it's coming from that that standpoint of deficit and restriction. Of, and it's just everything that I don't like. I'm much more about the the. The, the joy and the happiness and the the that kind of approach to, to health really yeah yeah and i can see that coming through on some of your instagram stories it's it's more about the joy of, of food as opposed to you know and then and, and celebrating that food and, and you can see all the yumminess and you know maybe that sort of comes from what you said about your mum and growing up in a household where there was it was celebrated to have that sort of yeah. you know, world cuisine night but also you know real real, real cooked food so yeah. so you start to lean towards this real sort of interest in nutrition and then you you move into sort of health coaching is is that yeah. you have what sort of how does that differ from just pure nutrition is that more of this like 360 approach to everything or yeah, absolutely. I would say so nutrition and weight management kind of are components of health coaching. I mean, as a health coach, we are we're kind of there to help people change their behavior and instill those new habits to help them get to better health, whatever that is for them. So weight management could be part of that. And certainly in the GP surgery, I, I work with many kind of patients, I don't like that word, clients um, yeah. who wanted to lose weight. But I would always try and reframe it in in kind of helping people think more about how it's making them feel rather than fixating on that number on the scale but certainly health coaching is more of that holistic approach yeah. you know digging down to the root seeing the person as a whole um and not just kind of looking at the presenting condition kind of thing yeah um so they're very much you know yet like i say weight management nutrition is a part of health coaching oh, yeah. Got it. yeah right i'm clear so you you then sort of move into the NHS, which I'm, I'm is, is that quite a big step, uh, March? Effectively, you've sort of, you're following your passion, you're a couple of years in, you're, you know, you're you're having these, this, you know, this this desire to give back. And, and, and then obviously something must be going in the right direction because effectively you go and work for the NHS. Yeah. I mean, when I was still kind of qualifying as a health coach, I knew that the NHS was rolling out these these new positions. And yeah. I kind of set my sights on, on, you know, getting one of those positions, I suppose. And I suppose the drive was that I really believe that good health um, and, you know, there's that saying that good health is not just the absence of disease. It's about having that good mental health, that good physical health, that good emotional health, and that good kind of social well-being. Um, I really believe that that should be attainable for everybody or accessible for everybody, you know, whatever your background. And so in a way for me, working in the GP surgeries was kind of offering, being able to offer that health coaching approach 
to as many people as possible. Um, so that was really the drive. And I and I feel really privileged, actually, that I was able to, to yeah. do that. Yeah, absolutely. And what's um, I'm always intrigued. What's the common struggles that you saw? You know, what was the what was the what was the thing that you, people most struggled with when walking into your, walking mm. into your office and saying, oh, "I need help." So I would say so. There was probably four things, if that's if that's okay. But anyway, the the, the first one I would say was um, just the number of people who are walking around with some sort of stress and they don't really realize the impact that that stress is having on um the rest of their health so you know as we know stress can manifest itself in lots of different ways so for example the gp might have referred somebody to me because they were overweight for example so that's what they would come in with but then when you kind of dug down you'd realize that, that there was some um something that was causing the major stress in their life or that had happened kind of in the past that had, yeah. was a source of stress and they'd been carrying it because they hadn't addressed that. And that was then kind of presenting physically in a way. And then with things like stress, you know, that chronic stress and your body's going to go into that fight or flight response where, you know, your digestive system, your reproductive system, et cetera, they all shut down because, you know, if we go back to why that mechanism started, it was because, you know, you thought you were going to be attacked by something. So in that case, it doesn't matter if your digestive system is working or not. So it kind of, that's where the health coaching comes in because it's looking at that, that person as the 360 and digging down to the root. So often then it would be a case of dealing with the stress. Um, so then, and, and, Again, for me, this is where the idea of all professionals working together really kind of was important because, um, you know, there were some things that were just beyond my remit. So often I would refer the patient on to see a counsellor for, you know, maybe X, Y or Z that they that had happened to them that was causing the stress. Um, and then um, I would work with them to move them forward on the on the losing weight or, or whatever. Um, and... So I think that idea of stress that people carry around was really quite huge. Um, The second thing that I saw that people absolutely really appreciated was just being given that time to be really listened to. I think that is what so many people are lacking, just that safe space to be heard. Um, and I feel really lucky. I know a lot of health coaches, their clinics are sort of back to back 40 minutes onto the next patient. I was given yeah. quite a lot of freedom, which was nice. And my first session was always at minimum 90 minutes. And I do the same in my private practice. And just giving people that time to talk um, and, and to be heard. And I think that's where you kind of start to build that rapport, build that trust. Yeah. And that allows people actually to kind of tell tell you things that you know maybe the they they wouldn't do they're not able to in those kind of 10 minute gp consultations etc so um i think that was massive just giving people that time um the third thing was loneliness Mm. there are so many people who feel lonely and not just the elderly you know this was across all age ranges and um I think it's just this, this, this kind of society we live in. We're just all online and we're all quick and you don't have to have those. Oh, it's, it's harder to make those connections. So, and again, that, that, that um, I guess we're fundamentally tribal people, aren't we? So then the body can interpret that kind of loneliness as, as a problem. And it, it you go into that fight or flight again and your cortisol, your stress levels shoot up and it can manifest itself physically. So I think um, that was, and that was actually the biggest shock for me was how many lonely people there are. I I feel really blessed in my life. I'm surrounded by loving family, by loving friends. And yeah, it it made me feel really sad actually that there was just people have become so disconnected. So that was another thing. And then the last thing, which I think is a more positive um, kind of pattern that I saw was... I think there's slowly um, there's a kind of the tide is turning with people's um, approach to their healthcare. Um, so I would often see people who had been, for example, put on antidepressants, 
but they did not want to be reliant on that medication for the rest of their life. They wanted to make some lifestyle changes, but they just weren't sure, you know, how to start eating better or um, doing some some movement in their life. So um, that was actually really exciting for me to see that people are understanding that they can be more in charge of their health than yeah than kind of we are have been we are generally as a nation we're quite reactive as a nation aren't we? we we kind of live our lives and then when something happens we kind of present to the doctor and you know they'll give us a pill and, and we think that's the answer and I, I do obviously I think that kind of allopathic medicine is hugely important but I think that medicine and lifestyle medicine can coexist really nicely yeah they can, it can be almost kind of parallel kind and I think yeah. I, I agree I think from what I'm seeing that people are now so much more sort of tuned into that parallel that you know yes tablets are there to to resolve a medical condition mm. but also it's this it's this lifestyle aspect mm. I think where we're in an era now where we're realizing that so much more. So, so I mean, at this time, did you then start to see breakthroughs from clients? Because I think this is really interesting, right? I mean, this is powerful. Someone's walking into your office, mm. they're not living healthily. So they might mm. be seeing that, you know, they're being referred to the counselor for, for a potential stress. They've got medication, potential antidepressants, but also, and which I really love, is you're getting, you're able to spend 90 minutes with them, which I had, a, my perception was they're walking in your office for 10 minutes. You're you're giving them, you know, a, a prescription for kiwi and oranges down in the supermarket and then everything's, everything, everything, everything's brilliant. What, what sort of point did you, you know, were, were there breakthroughs? Because I imagine that's really inspiring, right? I mean, we know that fitness trainers can see breakthroughs through someone's abs coming through at the gym but what in in what way did you see that and in, in in that practice um i think again it was it was kind of helping people to reframe their thoughts um right. and just noticing really tuning into their body and seeing but seeing how the the feeling you know are you feeling happier as a, as a result of you know eating a bit better and, and kind of maybe reducing your alcohol and are you, you know, do you find you've got more patience do you feel you've got more energy to even just start thinking about things that you'd never really thought about. So for me, it's much more the focus is always on those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, often I would walk and coach people in the parks and stuff, which wow. I loved because, um, you know, especially for the people who weren't quite sure how to, how to, you know, they'd say, well, I can't fit, I can't fit exercise into my life. And you kind of just meet them in the park and we'd, we'd, we'd co I'd coach as we walked and they'd kind of see that it doesn't have to be anything big and, and grand and you can just kind of go for a quick walk and and start to notice results immediately just um so i think for me that was always the biggest sense of of seeing that people were changing was when they'd come back the week after you know and say oh you know i, I have felt a bit better or i did i did feel that i had a bit more time to kind of do x y or z and yeah um and generally i would work with people but over three months so um you know i'm not saying there were there were necessarily massive changes but i i think that life is about those small incremental steps um and those slow changes um and so yeah concentrating on on on, on how you're feeling and your energy levels for me is yeah um really really important so at this time, um, what I, from sort of reading your bio and stuff, and what I really love is at this time, you're also changing um, and you're questioning your relationship with alcohol and you're kind of changing your habits. And I just, what I love about that is um, I grew up, right, when in, in a sort of, I think, in a world where you just trusted your doctor or trusted your mm. teacher or trusted those people in authority because of what they said, not yeah. necessarily because of what they did, right? So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I look at this now and say, actually, I want my gym instructor to be really super fit. I want my nutritionist <laughs> to be like a pillar of, of, of yeah. I want them to be lead. I want them kind of knowing that they're, practicing what they preach or living the real deal I think is is now super important in this kind of mm. more authentic exposed world so um you know how did that start to change for you and I know obviously you're you start to question your yeah you questioned your some of your relationship with alcohol around this time yeah 
Yeah, and actually, when you said, I think it's hugely important to kind of practice what you preach, um, and and I, and I hope that I that I do that. But with the alcohol thing, so for me, that started back in 2016, and again, it was we talked a bit about how I've used food to heal myself, um, and the the reducing alcohol and now the cutting out of alcohol was a, a similar kind of thing. So I, back in 2016, um, was getting this pain where my liver is. And I built it up in my head to be, you know, to do with drinking and not not that I drunk loads. I think I drunk the average amount, which probably was a lot, but, you know, that was just the norm. Um, And I I had all these tests and they came back saying I was healthy. Um, But then again, you know, we talked about stress manifesting itself physically. I remember for the for the whole latter half of 2016, I had this horrendous pain across like my shoulders. I just kind of felt heavy, not not well. Um, And then in 2017, I was in India visiting family and I I still had it in my head that alcohol was causing me these, you know, this pain. So I had all these tests in India as well. And I still remember the day when I got the results back from that. And, you know, it said there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You're really healthy. Um, And I remember then thinking, okay, you've got to let this this idea go. You're lucky there's nothing wrong with you. And I, and I still remember that feeling of that pain kind of just kind of dissipating from my shoulders. I, I'll never forget. It was a really weird thing. Wow. Um, and then that night, my, I was with all my cousins. We went out to this bar and, and I, I didn't drink. I didn't drink anything alcoholic. And I think in my mind then, hmm. I was telling myself, look, okay, fine. There is a, there's nothing wrong with you, but maybe this is the sign that alcohol isn't serving you. Yeah. And so you maybe it's the time to sort of make those changes. So that was my kind of start um in that journey of of kind of removing alcohol from my life um and was that a long process for you or was that that pivotal moment and then you never or did you was it then like a long drawn out sort of process with tactical breaks or blips or how, how did that sort of map out yeah it has it was a long process i kind of first of all i i cut out wine that was the first thing because i was that that person who our, our garage was full of wine bottles and it, i would just come home from work on a Tuesday, whatever, open a bottle of wine. And, and then the weekend was just, oh, it's the weekend. I'll have a drink kind of thing. So wine went. Um, and I was still drinking other things. Um, but then then the drinking at home went. Um, and then it was that kind of cycle where the less you drink, you're noticing all these amazing positive benefits. Um, and then at the same time, on the occasions when you do drink, I used to feel horrendous. So kind of it was that it just slowly became not not worth it. Yeah. Um and I just loved the the positives more than I enjoyed that drink really. Um so yeah, and then I and I fell pregnant with my third child in 2019. So then that was easy because I, I'm somebody who won't drink, you know, if I'm if I'm pregnant and then um, and I felt really lucky, actually, that I'd done all that work because then when we went into lockdown in 2020, I just wasn't I wasn't bothered by alcohol. And although it was kind of difficult, I suppose, with the three kids at home and whatever, it it just never occurred to me really to yeah. to, to use drink as my coping mechanism. Yeah, I think it's that, um, that bridge of not serving you anymore. And I think, you know, from what you're saying I, is that and it, I can relate, is that it's when, whilst on that bridge, mm. you, you you do drink and you realise all those benefits, all those what happens when you do drink. And it yeah. might be, you know, the, the common things I hear is, oh, my God, I just woke up in the middle of the night. I was so thirsty. I had to go to yeah. the toilet. Oh, my God, I had two drinks. The next day I was completely hungover. Um, and my day was ruined. And it was not necessarily that there was a big bender involved or like a big yeah. drinking session. It was like, do you know what? I've been cutting alcohol and I went back to it and I just feel worse by having yeah. less. And so I'm now sort of you know, get into that bridge where I'm like, I don't I just don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. And I think that's kind of that that sort of not serving you anymore. I mean, it's different for everybody, right? But it... Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that always struck me is the more I kind of think about it is like often we use kind of alcohol, it's that crutch to give us, you know, it's just that thing we do, for example, if we go to a wedding or, you know, we go to a party. But then I always think, well, whenever I was pregnant, I still went to all these things and I still had a good time. Um so why is it suddenly that 
in in kind of normal life I, I feel that I need that drink for me that kind of was just a real kind of awakening in a way like I don't I clearly can have a good time without it so why why am I doing this to myself so yeah yeah, yeah. and did this then obviously your your alcohol giving up alcohol journey did this then correlate within you to get back into your practice because we're you know I'd imagine that if you're experiencing the benefits you would then be in your practice saying hey look this is what's worked for me um you know I think you should really really you know this this actually does this become does this go to the top of you know those um if you know if you were mapping out an action plan or yeah. all sort of points did did it sort of go to the top of the list or was it in there with this healthy lifestyle more nutritious food more movement yeah, I think for me, it's it's it certainly is. I I encourage it if I can with clients because I think that oftentimes you know people to get that. I think you have to be consistent with with your habits as much as possible. And often, if drinking can kind of derail things a little bit. So even you know if you're eating really well, but then and you're you're, you're moving often, then you have a drink or you have a kind of a heavy night, and then you kind of can't be bothered with all that stuff. And so for me, removing the alcohol is a way to really get consistent, but as well, it adds its own benefits. You know, you're taking away the the, the thing that's affecting your mental health and things. So that so I kind of work under four pillars with, with people. It's, it is the, the eating well, the nutrition, the moving, um, the mindset work, because I think, you know, you can, you can eat, you know, loads of good food and move, but if you kind of don't have a change in mindset as well i think you won't notice the benefits as much as you can and then the reducing alcohol or the cutting out alcohol like i say i really encourage it and 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 a lot of people are willing to to try and and they do kind of yeah see the benefits um but yeah i know it's not for everybody and that's absolutely fine yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly and every, everyone's on a sort of different journey and that's mm. the same same with anything in life so you're okay so you're progressing um within within the nhs you're mm. you've now got three children life's busy for you um you're spinning all the plates of life yes. at what point do you then sort of start to feel this tug towards i can do this on my own you know i can i can go out there in the world and add more value or you yeah. know you need to be tied up to the nhs because i imagine that's quite a quite a, a big big journey big decision yeah, it was. I suppose I'm I'm kind of the kind of person that kind of when I get a gut feeling and I think I can make something work, I kind of trust the universe and think, right, let's just go for it. Um, and it was it was also a lot to do with, like I say, my passion really is in that in that kind of eating well and you know the the alcohol reduction and and i guess in my own business i've got more control over over how i work if that makes sense and the kind of people that i work with so um and i also i'd set up my business before i went into the nhs and i was trying to do them both yeah and obviously then i've got my family as well and kind of I I can't I, I couldn't do it all so it felt right the time felt right to kind of step fully into my business and 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 do this now yeah so yeah I but it was it was a big decision and one I kind of toyed with for a long time but it it, it felt right and I but I'm really really lucky and, and glad to have had the experience I did working in the NHS I, I learned a lot yeah yeah so you're now out there on your own um are you are you sort of adopting all the same principles that you would have used or are you sort of bespoking your your health coaching now around what you feel is sort of maybe a different type of, sort of different information maybe different passion maybe different framework it is you know obviously you're you're kind of on on your you know you're you've got complete autonomy now to yeah. say to people look this is this is what I think will work for you or this is, you know, um, or, or is it similar to the framework, these four pillars that you talked about and these, you know, all the sort of movement, alcohol-free, nutrition, or is there, is there a different plan? Um, no, I think currently for me, those are the four things that I have seen absolutely have worked for me and, I, and I've and i seen work for, for other clients. So 
I do try to work within that framework. Obviously, as coaches, it's always kind of what's important to the to the client, not what's important to us at the end of the day. But like I said before, that that kind of true good health is is that that combination of all those different, um, you know, the mental health, the physical health, etc. So, for me, having all these different coaching qualifications, you know, the positive psychology, that being an alcohol free coach, and then health and the nutrition all really helped me feed into helping my clients move into that direction of, of better health, whatever that means to them. But um, yeah, very much so my biggest passion probably is the food. And so, yeah, yeah um, that comes through a lot in the work that I do with my clients. Yeah. And to go granular then, are you sort of tribal around, because obviously I've been watching this whole tribal movement form over the years whether you're paleo or plant-based or you're hot you know whole foods and plant-based um it's all become sort of you know very keto it's all become tribal tribally and i i watched that from the sidelines where everyone was planting their flag in in the (laughs) hand saying i'm this and and the other way is wrong and obviously that's Mm. that's sort of a a bit reflective of the world we live in now Mm. do you do you adhere to any of that those camps or are you kind of more about this whole holistic kind of approach i um no i don't i don't um i'm not in any camp i feel that everybody has to do exactly what is right for them um and i think it's really easy to get sucked into you know oh this person is you know these people don't eat carb- carbs i'm going to go with them or yeah like say 100 plant-based or whatever Th- these are big things aren't they and, and i kind of fell down that trap as well i think when i first um was setting up my business and i thought oh you know maybe if i if i say that i'm i'm 100 plant-based that that will be more attractive to people but then i soon realized that but that's not that's not true to me i in, we eat fish in our house, and yeah. and and I can't. I'm, I'm addicted to eggs and things, and I could never give those up. So um, that's what works well for me, my body, my family, and I think that um, everybody should just find the path that works for them. And it, you don't have to label yourself. Yeah. I, I find it kind of interesting that people feel the need to do this. Um, but no, I'm very much, and that's why I think actually sometimes working kind of one-on-one with with someone can be really useful because you just figure out what works for them, yeah. help them figure out what works for them. Yeah, um, this is it. That's and the, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. That's a sweet spot, isn't it? It's what works for you and yeah. how you feel um, when you, you know, how do you feel when you eat these foods and what mm. works, how, how is that sort of, how, you know, how is that affecting you and just finding what works for you mm. and that's, I, I don't know you know you might agree I, I just feel that's such a long it's for, for me anyhow for other people it's such a it's a long journey it's a it's an experimental journey I mean I yeah. I seem yeah. to you know I've I've you know I've gone I've gone vegan and put weight on. I've okay. gone, I've gone keto and lost tons of weight over the years, and then had one, you know, a week of carbs and put it all yeah. back on. I've just, yeah. I've done that whole. I've done. I've, I've sort of put my dip my toe in so many camps, and yeah. luckily, I'm I'm at a stage now where you know I, I still sort of lean towards maybe one or, or the other, but generally I'm I'm on that I'm on that sort of same vibe, which is what yeah. works for you you know yeah yeah and and i and my philosophy that i work under is that everything kind of needs to be easy and realistic and i think when things start to feel difficult or restrictive then you have to kind of pause and go what's the point of this what am i actually achieving you know we i think a lot of people see this as you know the way they eat and things a short term kind of goals whereas i'm very big on the trying to get people to see it it's it's the rest of your life you know you just need to find a way that works for you that is sustainable and obviously that will change as you know situation changes during your life and etc but i think it's just it's just really important for it to feel easy and doable and for you to have balance um i'm just not a fan you know unless there's an actual i think 
medical reason um, of people kind of cutting out whole food groups or yeah going completely you know one way or the other I, I just I think it puts people put too much pressure on themselves yeah. sometimes yeah I think that's uh yeah pressure and expectations so yeah. what's your um what's your view on portion control and portion sizing because this is something that I don't really hear mm. or see anything about you know I see obviously all the you know but I, I obviously see what everyone else sees online and in, in this yeah. world but I don't see a lot where people are talking about you know the size of what you're eating and I know that I'm and I'm obviously I'm reflecting on my own habits yeah. here, but I could sometimes quite easily load up um okay. on my own you know own plate and then you know start mopping up on everyone else's plate think, okay. you know and then you all of a sudden have I eaten three meals with Did one I, there and yeah. you know and then you know and I, I don't know I just don't think that's talked about I personally don't think it's talked about enough you know you go an example I always think about is you know when I was a kid growing up you went to the cinema and you Mm. you know you got a lolly or something or a little bag of sweets now it's like you know a a bucket of this and the sizes you know and you're like that wasn't even an option when I was when I was a kid you know and no one's talking about that yeah um I think it, a lot of it comes down to kind of that mindful eating and we, we kind of hear it don't we but I think it's so important so taking your time when you're eating and really chewing your food and giving your body that that chance to kind of send those signals and tell you whether you're full or not so I think that is a really useful thing to kind of um try and practice because you will start to feel to become more aware of when whether you're full or not I mean it's interesting because you've said you load your plate and and so maybe just you're aware of that so perhaps that is something that you can work on changing you know put a smaller portion on your plate and then kind of give yourself that chance to see well am I am I still hungry and if you are go and get go and get seconds yeah rather than starting off with with the loaded plate in the first place and I don't know whether you come from a um certainly I was brought up kind of told not you have to finish everything on your plate yeah yeah, yeah exactly. um, which sometimes isn't the best advice you know if you if you feel that you're feeling full you you don't necessarily have to have to finish everything. Um, but there are various techniques that, you know, I use with people literally getting a smaller plate in the first place. Right. Okay. You know, so you can't fit as much on or, I mean, I, I, I did, I did some CPD um, last week and, and, and on that, one of the techniques they taught was um, use chopsticks instead of a knife and fork. But uh, for me, that wasn't, Oh. I, I questioned that because I was like, well, but that is just making eating difficult and yeah. it's taking away from the fundamental joy again of eating. So I didn't particularly agree with that one, but I've, apparently it works um, yeah. if you want to kind of cut down your portion size. Um, but definitely the mindful eating, I think, is a really important one. Yeah. You know, switching off those devices, kind of just being you and your food and your family, if that if that is possible, um, and um, being aware of what you're eating, um, I think can really help. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, who do you admire in this space, Arch? Because in terms of you know, in, in this nutrition space that you may look at and say, do you know what I think? What they talk about is really. Mm. relevant authentic real um it's really good advice um because again you know it depends on what camp you're in who you follow but is there anyone that you look at in this sort of nutrition wellness health space that you go do you know what i think that i sort of sign up to that um Mm. and i think what they're what they're talking about is 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 really really powerful and 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 correct Mm. so obviously there are loads of kind of the, the, the 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 big hitting nutritionists out there um i tend to follow kind of the more grassroots sort of nutritionists and things however um i really like dr megan rossi i don't know if you've heard of her she's a gut health specialist and i think yeah. that she really explains things in simple terms and is really accessible and you know clearly you know is an expert in her field so i do really like her in terms of of kind of one of the 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 more well-known kind of nutritionists um for me though it's really like i say it's the 
just the smaller nutritionists that I come across kind of thing yeah. that I follow. Um, in terms of holistic health, probably along with the rest of the world, I absolutely love Dr. Raman Chatterjee. I think yeah. he, his approach to health is that 360 and, yes. and, he's, a, and he's a big um, champion of health coaching as well. So I uh, particularly like him. Um, okay, good. Um, and then, you know, I'm just going to mention it's nothing to do with nutrition. And, and so I'm sorry I've kind of gone off topic, yeah. but um, James Clear and his book Atomic Habits was yeah. something that has had such a profound impact on, on my life. Um, and so I love everything that he does. And yeah, I just think he talks so much sense. And, you know, you can apply what he says to kind of every kind of lifestyle habit. And I and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's that sort of 360 approach. It's that bringing something else into the mix, that, mm -hmm. you know, looking at it from sort of stepping back from a wider lens and saying, yeah. really, you know, and, and it's what it's, you look at Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee and, and, and stuff, and yeah, it's so much more this, you know, you, you've got to look at all these different pillars. You yeah. mentioned gut health and, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, again, from an intellectual point of view, I understand it. But mm -hmm. if I'm walking in your office, Arch, just explain to me what what is gut health? What how do I what, you know what what am I meant to do here? How do I start? And just break it down simply for me. Yeah, and I think that's really key. Just explaining things in simple terms. So, gut health is kind of it's an emerging body of research still, um, but it's fascinating because it's it's it. Scientists now think that your the, the health of your gut is basically what controls the health of everything else in your body. You know, it's your heart health, your brain health, your mental health. It's all um, kind of regulated and, and controlled by your gut. So your gut is basically that that nine meter digestive tract that runs from point of entry to point of exit. Um, yeah. And living in that tract is, uh, you know, hundreds of trillions of, of microorganisms, so like bacteria, fungi, um, viruses and things, all good stuff, well, majority good stuff and majority bacteria. And those bacteria, um, you know, they produce hormones, they produce vitamins. And like I say, they, they each have different functions. So it's really important to kind of have a, a diversity of bacteria um, for a start, because like I say, they're all they all have different functions and will be helping certain organs in the body. Um, and then if we link back to why kind of um, we're, we're so often banging on about eat a diversity or eat a variety of fruits and vegetables and things and those plant foods, it's because so just like we have kind of different taste preferences, um, every gut bacteria has a different taste preference. So that's if you eat a diversity of plants and and, and it doesn't just have to be fruit, it, fruits vegetables nuts seeds whole grains herbs and spices beans and pulses all of those plant foods if you eat a variety of those then you'll be feeding giving those gut bacteria the food that they need to thrive which in turn will help them help us thrive if that makes sense so for me that's pretty much all you need to know about gut health it's it's the reason why you know, we say eating five a day, I don't think that's enough, but it's so important. It's to feed those bacteria because essentially they are controlling our health. Okay, got it. So it's a good mix and balance to feed our bacteria and improve our gut health. So I would then be sat in your office. I, I know what I'm like. I'll be like, yeah, but Arch, I go to the supermarket. I buy these little Yakult okay. um, little bottles in the morning. The packaging's great. It tastes mm. great. I just, I just, you know, put one inside me before my coffee mm. in the morning. What have I got to worry about? What's your answer to that? <laughs> Well, it would be. <laughs> um, I think the research is still is still. I mean, the, the the conclusion is not quite clear about whether those things actually, yeah. you know, get through all your kind of acids and and and, and get where they need to be or survive. Um, I would always go come from a food first approach. So yes, we've talked about the prebiotics, which are kind of the, the fiber you're giving, you're feeding the gut bugs, but then. The probiotics are the things that you can ingest or eat yourself to add in those those live bacteria. So things like you know yogurt or, and then I'm big on my kefir and kimchi and and sauerkraut and and kombucha. Those things um, are really good to to put in that um, 
those live bacteria. But I think, again, it's like just with these the same as lifestyle pillars, you know, the eating well, the moving your body. I think that that's really important. The the not having the things that are not that might kill off your bacteria you know sweeteners are no good um mm -hmm. highly processed foods all that sugar they can actually kind of be really negative for the bacteria you've already got in there um so yeah i would say to somebody well if all you're doing is coming in it, all you're doing every day is, is drinking a yakult you probably need to think about putting some other lifestyle sort of measures in place um as well uh, and trying to go more from a food first approach Brilliant, Arch. You've, you've cracked it for me. Thank you. Save <laughs> um, yourself some money by, uh, yeah, not by. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I think, um, you know, we're just coming to sort of, sort of where we can start to to wrap things up. So you're you're on this journey, this this new journey. Um, you've got a website sort of being built at the moment or about to go live you're working on some ebooks um yeah. how's that all sort of panning out you know yeah um hopefully my my ebook will be ready in the next couple of days and that's just a really nice kind of um few recipes that are really special to me um and kind of incorporate those those plant foods and those probiotics and um bringing in my kind of indian culture there's this um you know a couple of recipes there from using lots of herbs and spices and things so yeah hopefully that will be up in the next couple of days um and my website is archdepatel.co.uk yeah. if anyone wants to go and have a look yeah okay great well i think that's um I think that's exciting. I'll definitely send me over a copy of that e Yeah, I, uh, Yeah, I, I will get stuck into those uh, those recipes. Are they simple or are they? Are they? Are they can, can, I mean, you know me, Arch. Can, can I do them? <laughs> can I, I think you can do them, Justin. And you know what? That's what's again really important to me. As a busy mom, I don't have a lot of time to you know spend hours you know cooking and making these kind of glamorous recipes. Everything that I make is is just really simple, um, but using good ingredients ingredients that are gonna good ingredients gonna be good for you yeah yeah all right brilliant brilliant so just before we sort of sort of wrap up um is there any you know anyone listening that just kind of yeah i get everything um that was brilliant um how do i make a start mm. how do i you know arch how do i make a start you know do i need to what do i need to do today what's your what's your top tip should i run and clear my fridge out and all what do you, what do i need to do today what would you say to that i would say pick one thing so if it is if it is food that we're talking about you know if you are eating one vegetable a day make it two vegetables a day just start really small you know if it's water if you're drinking one glass drink two glasses kind of don't don't try and overcomplicate things um and yeah maybe you know if, if we are talking again about the food and the vegetables go and buy a vegetable that you haven't tried before yeah um and sort of start to diversify and and see what's out there but yeah absolutely my key message is always keep it simple Keep it simple. Okay, I think that wraps everything up completely. <laughs> Arch, thank you so much for oh, thank you very coming much, on and, and sharing some of your journey with us. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to how all this sort of unfolds for you and how all this pans out, and I'll be certainly cheering you on from the side. Oh, and uh, I'll show you a few uh, a few dishes from your uh, from your ebook along uh, along the way. Oh, lovely! Thanks for having me. Okay, all right. Take care, Arch. All right, you too. Thank you.